The epistle for today is taken from St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 1. Brethren, we give thanks to God always for you all, continually making a remembrance of you in our prayers, being mindful before God and our Father of your work of faith and labor and charity and your enduring hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, brethren, beloved of God, how you were chosen, for our gospel is not delivered to you in word only, but in power also and in the Holy Spirit and in much fullness, as indeed you know what manner of men we have been among you for your sakes. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great tribulation with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became a pattern to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For from you the word of the Lord has been spread abroad, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith in God has gone forth, so that we need say nothing further. For they themselves report concerning us how we entered among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait from heaven Jesus his Son, whom he raised from the dead, who has delivered us from the wrath to come. Please stand now for the Holy Gospel, which is taken from St. Matthew chapter 13. At that time Jesus spoke this parable to the crowds, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. This indeed is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it grows up, it is larger than any herb and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and dwell in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and buried in three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables, and without parables he did not speak to them, that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. These words of our Savior give us much encouragement because they remind us that our faith, the Catholic Church, started a very, very small, like a, a little tiny mustard seed. But he told his apostles that it will grow into a large tree and all the birds of the air will come and dwell in its branches. This is one of the proofs that the Catholic Church is the true faith, is the true church, because it started so small. This is called one of the empirical proofs of, of the truth of the, of the church, that it's impossible for the church to have grown as it did unless God was behind it. The church started on just a few men, on, a, on apostles, fishermen. On Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Jesus' death, or resurrection, I should say, rather, his, his death and resurrection, 50 days later, the apostles preached. St. Peter preached and, and Pentecost Sunday in Jerusalem 3,000 people were converted. 
And then the, the scriptures tell us that at the death of St. Stephen, because the persecution broke out in Jerusalem, these 3,000 were dispersed. The, the followers of Christ were dispersed throughout the world, Judea and Samaria, of course, but even to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. And it says in the Acts of the Apostles, now those who had been dispersed went about preaching the word. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. And you read how Barnabas and Saul went to Antioch and taught a great multitude already. It seems amazing that so quickly the faith was spreading. Already at Antioch, these early followers of, of the apostles were called Christians. Already, just a few years after our Lord's death and resurrection. And about 20 years after the ascension, about the year 53 AD, St. Peter wrote, quote, to the sojourners of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And St. Paul would write at the same time to the Romans, your faith has become known to the whole world. If you just consider how rapidly all over the place there were Christians. How did this happen? At the end of the first century, St. John wrote the Apocalypse, quote, to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, to Thyatira, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So the faith rapidly spread throughout that first century, and by the middle of the second century, St. Justin could write these words, there is no race of men, whether barbarians or Greeks, among whom prayers are not offered through the name of the crucified Christ. And St. Irenaeus testified that it, at this time there were churches already, large churches in Germany, Spain, Gaul, in the Far East, in Egypt, in Libya, Jerusalem, and Judea. And by the beginning of the fourth century, the Christian Christian faith had prevailed, had taken over, you might say, in Asia Minor, Thrace, Cyprus, Edessa, and was diffused throughout Syria, Egypt, Greece, southern and central Italy, most of the northern Africa and Namedia, Spain, and Gaul. All these countries had embraced Christianity, the majority of people. And all this was happening, my friends, despite growing persecution. It all began with this little band of Jews, of, of men who were, who were very simple, just fishermen. And they were teaching men to bow down and worship Jesus of Nazareth, who was a Jew who had died as a criminal on a cross, which, as St. Paul said, is a scandal to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. And furthermore, not only were they asking people to, to believe in a man who had been killed as a criminal, that he was God, but at the same time, they were condemning and refusing the worship of the national gods, the gods of the state. This was part of, rec of recognition of the state's authority. If you were a citizen 
of this country, you were expected to adore the gods of that nation. And the Christians refused. And they also insisted on a lofty and difficult code of moral conduct. I point out these things to you to, to hope, hopefully explain to you that the spread of the faith is miraculous. The pagan world was they were given over to all kinds of vice and sinful ways of the pleasures of the flesh and the Christians were preaching not only can you not adore the national gods which will bring about persecution on you but you have to also live according to this moral code which was unheard of amongst pagan tribes the first persecution bloody persecution started under Nero well, you could actually say the first persecution started even before then when the Jews arrested Peter and John and when Herod killed James and Paul was repeatedly persecuted by his fellow Jews and, of course, St. Stephen was stoned to death. But the, the, after the Jewish persecution, the Romans started persecuting the Christians, beginning in the years about 60 AD, when Nero was the emperor, the Christians were blamed for setting fire to Rome, which it is thought that Nero did himself so that he could build, rebuild the city in a more beautiful manner. But he wanted to blame somebody for it, and so the Christians were an easy target. So you see already by the year 60, there were enough Christians that the people of Rome were afraid of them. And then from then on, from the 60s, all the way to 313, 250 years, Christianity was officially banned by the Roman Empire. And time after time, savage persecutions broke out where the Christians were being exterminated And yet, the faith continued to spread. It must be from God. Consider this, my friends, that the apostles lacked any education, well, any higher education. They also had no political powers or authority. St. Paul would write to the Corinthians, when I came to you, I did not come with any pretensions with any pretentious speech or wisdom, announcing unto you the, wit the witness to Christ. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power that your faith might rest not on the wisdom of men but on the power of God he wrote those words to the Corinthians and they're very very true St. Paul didn't preach with great wisdom or intelligence or or you might say like a, a, a preacher like Cicero with great eloquence he preached very simply and down to earth 
St. Augustine wrote, what is really hard to believe for anyone who stops and thinks about it is the way the world came to believe. The fishermen whom Christ sent with the nets of faith into the sea of the world were men unschooled in the liberal arts and utterly untrained as far as education goes. Men with no skill in the use of language, armed with no weapons of debate, plumed with no rhetorical power. Yet the catch this handful of fishermen took was enormous and marvelous. They hauled in fish of every sort, not excluding those rare specimens, the philosophers themselves. The world has believed this insignificant group of lowly, unimportant, uneducated men precisely because the divine character of what happened is more marvelously apparent in the insignificance of such witnesses. My friends, that is why St. Paul would say, the weak things of this world has God chosen, that he might confound the strong. And the unwise and the unlearned has God chosen, that he might confound the, the intelligent. The little ones of this world, God is choosing even to this day. I don't wish for any of you to become discouraged. You are all in, in a battle for the faith. But it's comparable to the way it was in the early days of Christianity. In some ways you think we're very few in number. But when you go to places like St. Mary's or Post Falls or when you go on a pilgrimage to Europe and you see all the traditional Catholics there are and how many there have been continuing to come into the faith, you realize we're far from alone. The faith is spreading throughout the world again. You are living in a very, very great time. Some people would say, these are the best of times to live. Indeed, they are the best and the worst of times because there is horrible sin. But there was 2,000 years ago too when our Lord planted the faith here in this world like a grain of mustard seed. And it's happening all over again. Just as the early Christians, as it says, they had to go. They spread throughout the world. They went on, out on their, their own because of the persecution in Jerusalem. They had to leave. And they brought the faith to these other lands and to other people. It is like a grain of mustard seed. And just as 2,000 years ago our Lord showed His power by the spread of the faith, so it will happen again today. You by your simplicity. You might be uneducated, you might be a very, a very poor person, you might be a very uh, just unlearned in many respects, but you are the ones that God has chosen. You and I in the society of St. Pius X and many other traditional Catholics throughout the world, God is choosing again the little ones of this world to restore the faith. It's like a grain of mustard seed now. And indeed, it's very small. But 
it rapidly spread over the course of time. Consider that it was only 35 years ago that Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre started the Society of St. Pius X. Just 35 years, 34 years ago. It was only that long ago since the new Mass has been in vogue. And it's interesting that when the new Mass came out, the Society of St. Pius X was born at the same time. Our Lord was, was starting the counter-revolution the counter of the faith, the counter-reformation, I should say, all over again. And in 35 years, look how the traditional Catholics have spread. It's every country now, in every state of the, of the United States, you find traditional Catholics. In most major cities throughout the United States and Europe, and even now in the Far East, in South America and in Australia, there are traditional Catholic chapels and churches everywhere. Any land that you go to, you can find again the traditional faith. This is an empirical proof that the hand of God is behind this work. Now, my friends, there were miracles at the time of the apostles, of course. There are many miracles. As you remember, even St. Paul and St. Peter raised people back to life. But I think that, that that proof of the faith our Lord is not giving to this world because the world today has, is so rationalistic they will have some rational explanation for everything that happens. For every, every kind of cure or every kind of miracle, they rationalize it. Just like they do today with the, the Shroud of Turin or the picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe. These are living miracles, standing proofs of the truths of our faith. And yet science explains it away. But what about, what about the miracle of Lanciano? The the bread and wine that was changed into the body and blood of our Lord and Savior. They have it in a monstrance in Lanciano. It's been proven by science that it's, it's human blood, that it's, it's, a, it's a piece of flesh. But science just ignores it. You never hear about it because the world just explains these things away. Or as I said, the Shroud of Turin, which... This, this cloth has the image of our Lord on it. In a, in a, it's an incredible thing. You can't see our Lord except when a photograph is taken of it and a negative is made. Then the face of Christ comes out. How could anyone do that? But the world ignores it. Or the picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which you know should have fallen apart 500 years ago. It can't even exist. Science would say this picture can't exist. There's no paint. There's no brush strokes on it. How could this face be there? How could this picture be there on this tilma of Juan Diego? But these things the world doesn't seem to respect. And yet the faith continues to spread. Our Lord is, is going to do the same thing He did 2,000 years ago. You must be like the apostles and the early Christians were. 
You must not ever despair or lose hope. You are the grain of mustard seed that he is planting in the world. But from you, the word of the faith will go abroad. As St. Paul says, you, are, you became a pattern to all the believers. For from you, the word of the Lord has been spread abroad, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith in God has gone forth, so that we need say nothing further. For they themselves report concerning us how we entered in among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, and to await from heaven Jesus' Son, whom he raised from the dead, who has delivered us from the wrath to come. You are the ones, my friends, who turned away from the idols of this world to serve the living and the true God. And now you are to go forth throughout the world to spread the faith, to give of yourselves to others, to show them that you have the true faith. This is how the faith was spread. 2,000 years ago and how it's being spread again today. And there are people, even in Rome itself, who look down at the traditional Catholics spreading throughout the world and they say this has to be from God. They can't explain it. How it's so rapidly spread when at the same time there have been the abandonment of the faith by many, many people. So many people that it is said that literally tens of thousands of people daily abandon the faith in South America. But the faith of the traditional Catholics continues to spread. And so Rome itself sees this happening. And it's not going to be very long before it all falls apart in the Novus Ordo Church. It's already reaching that state. They can't hold it together because there's so many people abandoning the faith. They don't believe anymore. And so you are the Catholic Counter-Reformation. I just wanted to encourage you based on the words of today's epistle and gospel. It's all right there for your lesson and your example. You are the smallest of seeds. You are a tiny, insignificant, lowly person. You are nothing. But God is using you to do a great thing. You must then spread this faith throughout the world. Give it to your children, your grandchildren. Everywhere you go, be an example, a pattern to all believers. My friends, if you could only see what is happening in the world today in the traditional Catholic circles, you would know that this is from God. Just as St. Augustine and others knew from studying the early history of Christianity, they said, this is truly of God. This is one of the proofs of our faith, and you have it here happening all over again. So let us then take courage and strive to always be this example to all believers so that the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ might be spread throughout this entire world and might reach every state and every place and every person. It will be through your example and your goodness. Let us beg the Blessed Virgin Mary 
to help us and to pray for us because as we do our best to spread the faith you know at the same time the devil is very very active but remember that Our Lady and Saint Michael will fight on your side they will defend you I told the men last week on retreat about Our Lady of Chestohova the marks on her face are reminded that she is your princess that she will fight next to you that she will always defend you in your battles and what of Saint Michael the Archangel we say an exorcism every day after Mass isn't it interesting how after Vatican II this prayer this exorcism was dropped from all the Masses said throughout the world it is it any wonder then that the devil has taken over that the smoke of Satan has entered into the church let us then all be very devoted to our Blessed Mother and to St. Michael in our, in our battle for the defense of the true faith and for the spread of that faith throughout the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.